Welcome back to But Make It Hallmark. You're still here with me, Patty, and my co-host, Chingai. Hey, Chingai, how are you? Hi, Patty. I'm good. We're back. We're recording this on the eve of Chingai's birthday. So by the time we finish editing this, Chingai's birthday is done. But I wanted to greet Chingai a happy birthday. Thanks, Patty. I couldn't imagine <laughs> celebrating my birthday any other way than talking about Hallmark movies. <laughs> well, I am glad to oblige for your birthday wish. And unfortunately, I can't say that the six movies we'll be discussing today are quite the gift we were hoping for. But here we are. So today, we'll be doing something a bit different. We'll be mashing up two of the themes Hallmark Channel has given us over the past three months so for the first quarter of this year we started off with new year new movies in january which replaced the usual winter winter they had like a winter, winter special fest. yeah winter fest that's right that's right and then for february it's usually a valentine's countdown which they have rebranded into love ever after so we're going to be picking three movies from each of them for you know biased reasons and <laughs> discuss <laughs> We're going to kick things off and just dive right into it because we have much to discuss. With our first movie from New Year New Movies, we have Taking a Shot at Love, starring Alexa Peña Vega and Luke McFarlane. Former professional ballet dancer Jenna works with NHL star Ryan Cooper to help him recover from an injury using ballet as therapy. And as they grow close, he helps her mend her injured heart. But when it's time for Ryan to return to the ice and leave Jenna in her small Connecticut town, they both must consider the paths they want to take, and just maybe, love will find its way. To get back on top, I have done infrared therapy, I have done acupuncture. What I have in mind is nothing like that. He'll have to start. Hey class, this is Mr. Cooper, and he's going to be dancing with us today. In first position. Do you think you can keep up? Let's go. Me. Taking a shot at love. So we're doing it a bit differently this time around for season two. And we learned a lot from our Christmas extravaganza of really just narrowing it down to the three main points we love to discuss, which would be the tropes or, you know, the plot line that Hallmark loves to repeat and reuse, the chemistry between the couple, obviously, and finally, all the feels that they made us feel, if any. <laughs> I don't know if we felt any this time. The good and the bad. <laughs> the good and the bad. The trope here would be obviously there's the small town, but we always, I do like it when they feature athletes. Unfortunately, usually when they feature an athlete, it's because they're injured and that will mean that they're incapacitated. Like we've had it with Andrew Walker in his baseball movie. We've had it on Love on the Sidelines, the, the NFL star who did an assistant. And now we have a rehab injured hockey player who's desperate to get back in the big leagues. And you know, it's so funny to make him do like a, a girly thing which is ballet but actually it wasn't as tropey or it wasn't as cliche as I thought it would be it was not bad I mean save for that crazy plot line I just read it felt very standard hallmark and because it's Luke McFarlane I will watch it yeah the the trope is typical hallmark in that you know they pair a sports guy with a non-sports girl although ballerinas are athletes too i guess that's um, true we also get that other that other like the secondary plot line where her dance studio is losing money and she needs to work you know she's trying to get the kids back and yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get that trope. We get that trope of raising funds for something. And ooh, here's a star who can help you raise funds. Actually, we also had this similar trope with Rachel Laycock and 
Nile Meter. Yes. Nile Meter. That's right. He was a hockey star. So, so see, guys, this we've seen this before. What we haven't seen before is, I guess, to be fair, I haven't been Alexa Peña Vega's biggest fan, but she wasn't atrocious in this one. I really, really like Luke McFarlane, and although I am all for him having his own game movie, and it looks like Netflix is gonna give him one, Hallmark, step your game up because we're gonna lose him. And if not. Like, I, I don't mind seeing straight Luke, but I think I would also like to see gay Luke come out and play. Their chemistry was okay. I, I'll give it to her. I think they paired her with a great guy that I was just kind of like, oh, Luke, I love you. The, his charmingness superseded her annoyingness that it kind of balanced out for me. I was paying more attention to Luke yes, than to Alexa. Of course. So like, chemistry-wise, I was just more focused on our chemistry, mine and Luke's. <laughs> I would rather that. I would rather that if they gave us leading ladies that are not to our liking, that they are so, you know, Bella Swan bland-like that you project yourself. You can project yourself onto them. So you don't want them to be too annoying, which we'll get into later, wherein it just, like, blinds everything if if they just can't be likable. So overall, for me, like, I wouldn't say I got the feels in this one, but it was not bad. It was a, it was a good showing and a good vehicle, as always, for Luke McFarland and his broad shoulders and his beautiful eyes and his wonderful, like, arms. Like, honestly, put Luke in everything. Don't lose him to uh, Netflix, please. It, it was hard to watch this because it's hard to watch any ballet movie after we got Christmas Waltz last <laughs> December. So, like, everything, just, just I, I compare it with, with Christmas Waltz. And, and in that regard, I, I guess this was a fail for me <laughs> but it was a win for Luke <laughs> it is definitely a win I've, for I've, I've grown to love Luke I wish it were Lacey Chabert actually <laughs> doing the dancing but I mean uh, Alexa Benavega is not bad yeah that's my takeaway but then she, she's not good either I mean if the, <laughs> the only thing you have to say about the leading lady is she's not bad then you know yeah no that, that can't be got good got problems that, that can't be good but I think we've just been spoiled with the dawn sing that there wasn't mm. enough dawn sing in this one but Lacey you've stolen mm. our hearts clearly anyway overall I give this just like a I don't know average-ish yeah same Speaking of problems, let's go on to the next movie, which I was like really looking forward to this one. You guys know I love Chris McNally, and the second of the New Year movies we're talking about is Snow Kissed, starring Chris McNally and Jen Lilly. A travel-averse journalist chases her dream assignment where she unwillingly finds herself mentoring a handsome B&B owner who wants to be a tour guide. I'm Kate, and this trip changed my life. Where are you from? Manhattan. Never heard of it. That was a joke. Was it? I am the girl who wouldn't even go to Brooklyn. I don't think you're that girl anymore. We Snow get the city girl trope here. Mm. And, like, she just, like, drills it down. Mm. How much of a city girl mm. she is. And we love city girls. We love, we city love girls. movies centered in New York and all of that. But then, wow. Yeah, th- this was not... This was not something that I <laughs> I enjoyed right off the bat. We get another journalist mm. who's on assignment and she has to get over her fear of travel. She loves the city. She loves New York City so much. She just doesn't want to leave it, but she has to travel to get this job that she wants. And there she meets 
the handsome BNB owner who's like a really bad tour guide. So they kind of help each other, him with her story, her with his tour guiding, and there just wasn't much. <laughs> <laughs> so Tringai, thank you for reading that plotline and reading the tropes out to me because I just watched this movie last weekend and while I was making my notes, I couldn't remember a thing. All I remembered was that I was annoyed. I was annoyed with this type A trope of a girl who's just like, no, 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 no. I refuse to live the big city. I love the big city. We love the big city. We hate you. What is wrong? How can something we love so much make us hate it so much? I don't know, girl. I don't know. It was so bad because, like, we love Chris McNally. Love. And, and he's just been getting really, really bad movies and Snow Kissed is one of them. I, I, he couldn't save it. He couldn't. He couldn't save it. His no eyes could not save this. The thing is, was it a bad movie or was it a bad leading lady? Because I could not concentrate on this so-called chemistry when I was literally frothing at the mouth with anger over every time she would appear. I kept messaging you, right? I was like, I can't stand her. I can't stand her. Like, I already put it on like 1.5x. I still couldn't stand her. I couldn't stand her so much that I was starting to like the side characters. Like, I was more invested in their story. Her best friend is a bit pushy but at least she shooted her shot and like i just couldn't be bothered with the main characters and that's kind of sad let me take you on a journey of my feels for this movie. <laughs> so like in the beginning i was like super excited oh my god chris mcnally this is the first 2021 hallmark movie i'm gonna watch and then suddenly they thrust jen lily's city girl <laughs> character upon us where she's talking about bagels and the g train and cabs and i don't care about all of it so so my feelings started to change and i was like no no there has to be something else in this other than my hate for this leading mm. lady. So my attention goes to the best friends, which you yeah. mentioned, right? The side characters. And they were very like Love in Iceland. Yes! Um, her best friend and his uh, business partner, co-owner of the BNB. But then, but then even even they became really grating to me because like, <laughs> she just kept pushing herself on the guy and the guy was so dense or like he didn't know how to express his emotions. And it's like everything, save for the fact that this was shot in Banff yes. and that Chris McNally was there, everything just infuriated me about this movie and I watched it twice. <laughs> I'm so sorry to you for... This is our life now. This is our life now. Watching things we hate twice. I'm sorry, Chingai. I'm sorry you had to go through it. And maybe just the like... <laughs> yeah, I think the saving grace for this was definitely Banff. Like, the, the setting was beautiful. The B&B looked great. Really makes me miss travel a bit more. Especially if mm-hmm. the tour guide is Chris McNally in Hall is Glory. Because let's just wax poetic a bit and end on a high note for a second here. On the mm-hmm. glory that is Chris McNally. It's always nice that they let the When Calls the Heart stars have their own vehicle to like promote When Calls the Heart because later we'll discuss more of Aaron Krakow. But Chris McNally in modern wear with his scruff and his voice and his gaze, because I was hating on Jen so much, I couldn't project myself into her character because I did not want to be near her. But he was just so comforting and I kind of just wanted to give him a hug the entire time. What what a sweetheart. What, what a man. His hair. His hair. His hair was the star of the show. So nicely coiffed. You can tell the conditioner was good. Like, it's just so... The <laughs> waves, and it looks soft. Like, you know, you, there's product, for sure. But you kind of want to run your hands through it just to be like, let me just check. Let me just check what the product is. You know, like, ugh, this man. Who do we want to see paired mm-hmm. with Chris McNally so that we can finally give him the leading lady he deserves? Who is maybe, I don't know, Julie Gonzalo, because that was a fun movie for him. 
I think that was like the best one he's had. I wonder why. He hasn't had a lot, but like no. the one with Julie was the best one. That's true. So bring her back. Bring her back. Um, and on to, I guess, the last movie from New Year, New Movies. And possibly, like it was created la- It was created actually quite early on, but this was the only movie that actually had a New Year's theme to it. Uh, this was a, supposed to be as part of Countdown to Christmas two years ago, but it suddenly got removed from the lineup last minute. And now it's been repackaged into... New Year, new movies. We have a New Year's resolution starring Amy T. Garden and Michael Rady. When a morning show producer makes a New Year's resolution to say yes more, she crosses paths with a confirmed yes man who just might hold the key to her biggest story and to her heart. That's gonna be my resolution. I am saying yes. I have done things this month that I never would have imagined I'd do. I haven't dressed up this fancy in a long time. I'm sure you look breathtaking. Thanks. You and I can't be together. I think it's just a matter of you saying yes. What can I say? The Christmas bow has had me turning a new page and singing a new tune when it comes to Mr. Michael Rady. You are a changed woman. I'm a changed woman. (laughs) He's changed me all for the better. And I'm so happy because now I can, I looked forward to this movie and I watched it two weekends ago and it was glorious. I think for me, I want to preempt this and say it was my favorite from the New Year New Movies. Like, and there were a lot, guys, these are just not the three. There were like five or six. We didn't even mention two of them because we were just like, what the were those movies but wow so tropes here obviously once again we have a type a type girl who just like can't is so set in her ways in amy t garden but the good part about this is that she wasn't annoying amy t garden brings a sort of charm to this movie and to this role that made me really root for her she plays a yeah we mentioned that she plays like a morning show producer and i love that we get i love producer roles we we saw it and like we've seen it a couple times uh, with jesse schramm but Amy T. Garden brings a really cute spin to it. I, I like that she's like a yes girl. Well, she she's a, technically a no girl who kind of transforms into a yes girl. And obviously, we get all the different, like, think of Christmas movies where you have all these Christmas events, except now it's New Year's events. So we have, because Michael Rady's character works for a bank, I think, that is sponsoring all these New Year's whatevers so you're like what (laughs) what are these new year's events these things don't exist but i thought it was cute like the jumping into the cold water or like all these relays and it was just really cute to see hallmark put a new spin to the usual trope of small town activities but now amplified into like slightly bigger city given she's a morning uh, show producer i liked it i really i thought it was a a well-done way to do their usual cliches you have here the the overcommitter in the form of Michael Rady, and then you have the backer offer girl in the form of Amy T. Garden, who's like super cautious and all of that. I really like Amy T. Garden. Mm. It was a given that I was gonna watch this movie because of Michael Rady, because you hooked me with the <laughs> Christmas bow. But Amy T. Garden was just like she was a breath of fresh mm. air among all these New Year's movies. Mm-hmm. And can I just say, I love her hair here. (laughs) Hallmark is like switching their beachy wave look 
to yeah. the kind of bob, the bob, wavy bob yes. look. And and I support it. this. I really support this. She looks great. They look great together. Their banter was cute. Mm-hmm. I mean, chemistry-wise, I love the getting-to-know-you vibes they had with each other. They were kind of flirty. The thing that fell flat for me wasn't the chemistry. It was that we had all this like nice, coply stuff going on. And then suddenly, they insert this sabotage... <laughs> Uh, corporate espionage trope <laughs> that they never ever do well so why do they keep putting it in his bank stuff was like what and she's gonna like investigate and then yeah that that's where things kind of went wrong for me i've i've suppressed that part girl i've totally forgotten about the investigation <laughs> because I, I just i was so fixated on michael rady and i've seen the light it was you're right their, their their dates were so cute and i think like they were it felt very upfront and very like you know this is a date or she he introduced her to, to his family like things were just so transparent with them that i guess it was too straightforward that they had to add in a kink of like oh someone's <laughs> lying or withholding stuff let's put in an espionage it was horrible that part i have forgotten about it this movie does not <laughs> exist with it so i am rewriting history here overall though obviously uh out of the three or the five, six New Year new, new movies, this was the best. And we get like a move. We get the move to Chicago, right? Or something like that. Something along those lines. They had the banter. They had the flirting. We've got lots of dates. We've got lots of opportunities to see them flirt with each other and really say how they felt, which is always nice and refreshing in Hallmark. So yeah, best of the bunch, but I wouldn't say best of the episode. Just one more thing about this movie. They did kiss when they were dancing and I thought a few when that happened. Yes, the height, <laughs> the, there, there is no height differential because uh, Michael Reddy isn't the tallest and I think Amy T. Jordan is practically as tall as him. But they did kiss and they, they did dance and I am a weakling. Thanks for bringing it up, Shanghai. I'm a sucker. And yeah, I cry. They're cute. They're cute. We need more of this. I should rewatch this movie. They're just for depressing. <laughs> and when we're back, we hope we will be less depressed when we move on to the next three movies from Love Ever After. See you then. Okay, we're moving from New Year to Valentine season or as Hallmark calls it this year, Love Ever After. We get the first of the three movies we're going to be talking about. We get Brendan Penny, who I have been starved for. Chesapeake Shores has been away from our TV for, for a long no. time. Yeah, so he didn't really do well last Christmas. And mm. so I was hoping for, for something more with him and Brooke Dorsey with Beverly Hills Wedding. When small-town wedding photographer Molly's baby sister gets engaged, she enters the budget-conscious couple in a contest and wins a dream wedding, an all-expenses-paid celebrity event at a historic Beverly Hills hotel, thrown by planner to the stars Terrence Rockford. It all seems perfect, but when the engaged couple seems uneasy with the new plans and made of honor duties bring Molly closer to the best man, her ex-boyfriend Corey, she reconsiders whose dreams she is trying to fulfill. You guys won an all-expenses-paid wedding in Beverly Hills. Think elaborate, opulent. You want a trip for the bride, the groom, the maid of honor, and... The best man? Yeah. You two had something really special back then. It's ancient history. Well, that was a mouthful, Patty. It was a mouthful <laughs> for a movie that really 
didn't have a lot happening there. I mean, it's just like, no, it, it was no. very simple. Okay, we tackle the, the trope of maid of honor and best man are exes. Mm. And we've gotten mm. this so many times. You have that Laura Osnes movie. I love that movie. Which we loved. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're trying to put together the wedding. And of course, they're the ones who are like tasting the food together and like kind of rehashing their old love and whatnot. And she's trying to force like a big wedding on this like very quote-unquote simple couple. <laughs> Thank you, Molly, for all your efforts to make this a good you know, to make this Thank a you. big event. Thank you. I really could not stand the groom in this in this movie. Because, like, he, he just... I mean, if you don't like what your maid of honor is doing, just say no. Yeah. Why are you just going along with it if you're, if you're the groom, right? I mean, I get it. The sister's just trying to be nice because that's her big sister. But, like, the groom has nothing to do with, with Molly, Brooke, Brooke's character. Anyway, I'm concentrating too much <laughs> on the side characters. Let's concentrate on the main event here. I think that Brooke and Brendan make a very attractive couple. I like them both. I like them both. Yes. And um, it didn't hurt. To watch this. I thought Terrence Rockford as the wedding planner was funny. Kind of a call back to yeah. Nate Burkus planning weddings. Brendan was a good guy all throughout. I think all mm-hmm. of them had little tips except him. Like he was like up front. He was straightforward. He was communicative all throughout. He was great. I'll pick up on two of your points there. So whenever we have a wedding movie, someone's bound to be like a we get a bridezilla or a groomzilla or here in this case of this one made of honorzilla. And honestly, I know Brooke was, you know, Brooke's character meant well. But you're right. The groom and the bride both should have just put their foot down from the very beginning. We got way too much drama regarding the wedding itself. As much as, you know, it, it's okay, I felt like it could have focused more on Brendan Penny and Brooke's character. Because in The Key of Love, did the wedding sidekick movie perfectly Rachel Boston's The Last Bridesmaid also did it perfectly because even if they were the side characters in the wedding they didn't make the wedding that big of a deal that it kind of took away from the chemistry of the couple because guys you've got two beautiful people here we know they can do anything but Make it at least focused on them. I kind of kept rolling my eyes whenever they'd show the sister. Just like, okay, 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 older sister, you can you can decide my wedding. Like, fuck off, it's your wedding. Oh my god, girl, grow some balls. So annoying. But having said that, Brendan Penny can do anything. He can look into my eyes, his shoulders, I can I can lean on it. I love him. Take me to he a food truck, Brooke Brendan Penny. Let's let's have yeah. let's have lunch. ride a tandem ride a tandem bike together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we get the authentic conversations TM here, where she talks about her photography job and him and his sailing. Mm-hmm. Like, does he do sailing for work? I don't. I wasn't paying attention anymore at this point. I like them. I just wish we got more of them and less of the annoying people. Yes. That said, I like the outfits of the sister. If if she brought anything here, then she she brought nice clothes. <laughs> Speaking of clothes, also, also I like yeah. the bridal shop yeah. montage. I I love a montage. Yes. Yeah. So thanks. No, it's it's a good one. And speaking of people we like, I like the like the fact that Colmark is slowly but surely inserting gay and lesbian char- well not yet lesbians but gay characters in almost every single movie. I mean, sure, he's a wedding planner to the stars, which is very, I guess, stereotypical, could be gay. But yes, the Hallmark getting that LGBTQI plus representation and we need more. 
And I, I just like that they they made him more of a lead character who, of course, has his own arc where he gets guilty and then says, well, I'll just plan the, the wedding you like. I liked his than, arc. You know, the wedding he wants. I liked his yeah. arc more than, the, more than the the bride and the groom. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you know it's bad. But yeah, overall, Chingai? It was better than Snow Kiss. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was better than Snow Kiss. And, and the reason I say that is, and, and, and others, is because beautiful people can do anything. And we've got two of them mm-hmm. in this one. Speaking of beautiful people, we move on to our next movie, which was ultra, ultra hyped because it stars none other than Aaron Krakow. It was Always You, starring Aaron Krakow and Tyler Hines. Elizabeth, again, her name is Elizabeth here. She has only just, like, she can't. She can't have a character that isn't named Elizabeth. Elizabeth's engagement plans are thrown into disarray when her fiancé's free-spirited brother David returns home. David's unexpected influence prompts Elizabeth to question her life decisions. I had my whole life figured out. Hi, David. Oh, everything was written down on lists. Need a rise. You've been trouble from the very start. Oh my goodness, yes. It's like a solar eclipse. I can't look directly at it. What else do you want? Once again, we get our favorite trope, the type A girl that just needs to loosen up. And I love Erin Krakow. Elizabeth Thornton on When Calls the Heart is the sweetest, most adorable character. But this Elizabeth, I kind of wanted to smack her. <laughs> like, she was like a bit timid. Like, ooh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just very boring. And I like lists. And I like order. And I like to be practical. But apparently you have like some old school, like younger day free spirit and self. And all you needed is this guy to remind you of it, of who you used to be. All right, we've seen this trope before. Luckily, Tyler Hines was that guy because for my love for Erin Krakow, her character kind of grated me on this alongside her fiance, who was his brother. Like, I just wanted to stuff them both in a suitcase <laughs> and ship them away. But instead, it's okay. We, we got her. We got her loosening up. And uh, in the skilled hands of... Tyler Hines, honestly, this guy, even with his haircut in this movie, which was a bit questionable, <laughs> it was good. It was good. I'll, I'll take that trope. I'll take the David, I'm a free spirit. I'm never in one place at a time. Very bottled with love. Andrew Walker character of, I'm teaching kids in India. It, like, what? <laughs> like, again, never fails that the guy is such a free spirit. Have we had the reverse where the guy is the type A and the girl is the free spirit? I'm sure, but I can't remember the top of head. You know what? was off to me about this. I mean, <laughs> type A women with a free spirit man, yes, this like, this belongs to the Hallmark Cinematic Universe. What kind of belongs to the HCU that I just cannot get on board with is like the family encouraging this like clandestine relationship. Yeah, clandestine relationship <laughs> between the type A and the free spirit. All the while, she's marrying the brother who's like related to all of them. Why are they encouraging it? What kind of family yeah. is this? Speaking of family, yeah. we also get the side story which was totally unnecessary of the mailman <laughs> and, and the sister. What? Why? Why do, we, why do we need why do we need this? I understand we need a sprinkling of diversity here, but do we need a sprinkling of this in the plot? No, we don't. No. No, we don't. 
I will welcome the grandma from Five Star Christmas who was underutilized in this movie so much. Okay, I'm also not for the cheating plot. And technically, this whole movie was cheating because she's got a fiancé who is the brother. They didn't plant it early on enough that David has been in love with her forever. Mm -hmm. If they had done that, if they had told us from the moment it started that actually David has been pining for her forever, then you would get it. They kind of reveal that in like the middle to the end of the movie. And you're like, what the fuck? I mean, you knew it was going to happen. And this is the thing you have to tell, not show, because you have to establish that very early on. Otherwise, we're all just thinking, holy fuck, they're cheating, they're cheating, they're cheating. But can I just bring up one other plot point that really is annoying to me? <laughs> the the restaurant that wouldn't serve you pie unless you finish <laughs> a, like, The oysters. The oysters. I mean, I love oysters. It's no problem. But this is, like, a big problem capitalism-wise. You just want the orders, guys. Just give her the fucking key lime pie. <laughs> That's all. As someone who doesn't eat oysters, I respect oh. your opinion on this. <laughs> Give them the pie. I stand for all. I stand for all oyster non-eaters. I think you're right. I know that Erin has to be the star because she's Erin. But if they had told this from Tyler's point of view and had started with him mm. instead, yes. it would have been a, a totally different movie and a better one, I think. But I'm happy that they brought these two actors together because I think they can. They came up with good chemistry. We 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 get two strong leads here. I think they're on equal footing. Yes. And that's what I appreciated. Like, for all the hype that they they put on this movie, on social media, I, we at least get two strong leads. That's true. And I guess that's why we don't get anything else. I'm kidding. <laughs> Chemistry-wise, obviously, when you have two strong leads, you can turn the shittiest things into, into goodness. And they, they made it work. They made it work. It had its moments, I will say. Towards the ending, when Tyler does his speech with the entire like guidebook with the list of things he wanted to do with her in Rome, it, it did make me feel a little. I'll have to say. And when you know, like when they were falling for each other already, but clearly cheating, um, <laughs> you know, th there were some cute stuff. And they did, they did not scrimp on budget here for music because. The music was actually apt and modern and of the time. And like, oh, wow, they had budget. So that's good. Having said that, a couple moments don't make up for, you know, the rest of the, the movie, which, example, Asian Postman and Sister. <laughs> just like, what are these unnecessary things? And dental hygienist assistant and brother. Like, it doesn't make it okay to cheat just because fiancé now has someone else. So, all right, it was always you, like, I'll give it to you for trying, but they deserve better than this. Considering the caliber of their star, they, they could have done better than this. I hope I hope we see them together again in, in a better exactly. movie. Exactly. Mm -hmm. We've got mixed feelings about that. and <laughs> We're going from It Was Always You 2, more mix-ups with our next movie, Mix-Up in the Mediterranean. Okay, starring Jessica Lowndes and my favorite person in, in most recent Hallmark movies, Jeremy Jordan. A small-town cook impersonates his big-city chef twin to compete in a culinary contest and falls for the woman in charge of the event, who thinks he is the brother who is married. I'm running the culinary contest. It's the Olympics for rising chefs. Too bad I got all the culinary talent in the family. I can cook circles around you. 
I will compete as you. What? That's crazy. I'm, I'm Julian's husband. Yeah. Yes, wait, no, yes, I am you, you are me. Dude. Okay, please stop. If she finds out we were in big trouble. It's like you're two different people. <laughs> How do we explain this, Pat? How do we explain this movie? Because, like, Beverly Hills Wedding got, like, a mouthful in the caption. But th- it was really mm. a simple thing. And we got, like, one sentence here. And this is, like, a very complex slash ridiculous plotline. Let's try. Exactly. We get the token culinary competition. We get a destination. We're in Malta <gasps> in this movie. But then we get twins. <laughs> I love Played it. by the same actor. Jeremy Jordan plays Josh, who is an Alaska cook in a diner. He also plays twin brother Julian, who's like a fancy schmancy gay chef in New York City, married to Callum Blue. So Julian joins the competition, invites Josh to spend time with him in Malta, gets himself injured so the twin has to do a parent trap and step in, and then meets the directress slash event coordinator and has a thing for her. But then she's met the original twin, the gay one, and so she's just confused. It's a lot. It's a lot. And and I was in <laughs> all the way from start to finish. We get a twist. We get a comedy of errors. This this movie wins the over-the-top Hallmark Movie Award for sure. There was a Filipino participant in this culinary yes. competition. So, <laughs> woo, woo. Yeah. <laughs> Representation. <laughs> When the writers were brainstorming for this movie, they had a board. They had a board of ideas. And then, so they were, you know, plotting the the stuff. They're leaving the bad ideas out. They're they're putting another column for the good ones. The problem was an earthquake happened. (laughs) And then it kind of messed up the board. And then they were like, fuck, it's the deadline. What are we going to do? No one took notes or took a picture of the correct plot. So they're like, fuck it. Let's just throw everything in. And so we get a mix up. A very fitting title would, to this would, movie. <laughs> exactly. I would say it is a parent trap meets like a master chef. Uh, we missed one trope, which I think is also annoying. It's the poor little rich girl mm-hmm. trope, which Jessica Lowndes in all her extreme eye makeup glory really tried to bring to life. I think that Autumn Racer is better at it because she's more likable. Uh-huh. But I'll, I'll give it to Jessica Lowndes for trying because I don't usually like her. But she actually didn't make me hate her that I couldn't enjoy this movie because I enjoyed it. I enjoyed everything about it. You bet I enjoyed this movie. Chemistry-wise, there was no better chemistry than the chemistry between Jeremy Jordan and Jeremy Jordan. Him playing twins (laughs) was everything, you know. (laughs) I am so grateful that he's had like years of experience in the theater because he had so much to pull from when forming Julian the gay twin because it was like mm. it was great chef's kiss yeah chef's kiss yeah yeah his <laughs> like his chemistry with jessica was like secondary like i wasn't even in this for the love mm. story it was okay no i wasn't but like it was the, it was the parent trap thing that really caught my attention it was. in fact like when they in, tried to insert one of those token hallmark cooking scenes where like he she's making dough and he stands behind her and they like <laughs> make the dough i was kind of like ew ew like i don't want to see this <laughs> no, no. <laughs> like give me more of the twins not this 
<laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know what would have been better if halfway through the movie they're like, aha, he has a triplet. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, Jerjor times two was amazing. Jerjor times three, that would be perfect. Like, on, like seriously, is this the first Hallmark movie where there are twins? You know, I think so. I, like, twins played by I the same so. person, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And as the lead. So I'm so happy with it. This is how you do a ridiculous plotline. Mm-hmm. This is how you do gay characters that are really embedded into the movie and not token characters. I was so much more invested in everything but the love story. And yet, I wasn't angry. Yeah. I wasn't angry because it was entertaining as fuck. Like, she was kind of severe with her smoky eye and her high ponytail. Like, I just wanted her to relax a little. Like, no one wears (laughs) five-inch heels in Malta while you're trying to orchestrate some culinary competition. But but okay. I don't hate you, Jessica. You're fine. Yeah, exactly. Compared to others. Overall, it was it was my favorite. My favorite, hands down. Definitely. Uh, it was my favorite of the season for Love Ever After, but it was also my favorite of the episode. So congratulations to Mix Up in the Mediterranean <laughs> for being the surprise winner of the first two, I don't know, seasons of Hallmark. Because wow, you came from nowhere and we want more of you. Jeremy Jordan quadruplets. Make it happen, guys. Octomom Jerjor. Make it happen. (laughs) (laughs) When we're back, we've got Mary Kim. And we're back. Welcome back to But Make It Hallmark. We're now in our favorite part of the episode. Mary Kill, and as you guys know, it's said in the title, we choose characters from the different movies we have discussed, one to fuck, one to marry, and one to kill. Let's start with kill chingai okay we're gonna we're gonna have to preface this by saying that we talked about this before before recording we we had come to an agreement about our kill for this mm-hmm. episode and this is gonna be a first in <laughs> but make it hallmark history who's our kill patty who? history yeah. jen, jen lily, lily. <laughs> jen lily you gotta go so you're sorry, you're, you're voted lily. off this island you you cannot. You're voted off the Hallmark Cinematic Universe. I'm sure you're a lovely person. I'm sure you're great. I'm sure you're perfectly normal. We just haven't seen anything we've loved with you in it. So please just get the fuck out. I can't. I can't stand it. You ruined Snow Kiss. Ruined. I'm saying it. You ruined Snow Kiss for me. Justice for Chris McNally. Now that we got that out of the way, <laughs> <laughs> let's move on to our pleasant things. Shall we fuck? Shall we do the fuck? I guess no? we can do... Or the Mary? Okay. Yeah, let's do the fucks first. Let's do the fucks first. Chingai, since it's your birthday tomorrow, who would you, you like to fuck? saying something like really big when Chris McNally is in the lineup and he is not my fuck. Oh! <gasps> I have a feeling I know what you're going to do with the fuck and the Mary. But go ahead, please tell us how, who are you going Tyler to Tyler Hines. Hot off the heels of Christmas 2020. You will be my fuck for this episode. I just really like David. a free spirit. <laughs> Free spirit and khakis and denim. <laughs> I mean, girl, he got us on the 12th date of Christmas. And those are residuals you can never get. Apparently. He is buried mm-hmm. into our hearts mm-hmm. and our loins, clearly. Congratulations to uh, David, free spirit, <laughs> Tyler Hines, for being Shingai's fuck. My fuck, on the <laughs> other hand, the bench was deep. We've got a lot of guys. And yet, I chose Jeremy Jordan's oh my God! husband. <laughs> Callum Blue! Callum Blue. 
also known as the man Princess Mia rejected because she chose Chris Pine's character in Princess Diaries 2, A Royal Engagement. I have missed him since then. He's put on some weight, but I like it. He looks more manly now and yet playing a gay character, but just so sweet. And I feel like he would be fun. He seems like a fun guy and maybe I'm not his type. Obviously, he's gay, but I think we, I think I, maybe he's bisexual. Maybe. We could make it work. I would choose to fuck him. He just sounds like a really And, and he cooks. Guy. And he cooks, right? <laughs> and he cooks. And he cooks. I, I didn't choose to marry him because I didn't want to delude myself. He is gay. So maybe like a flame. Uh-huh. We'll uh-huh. see. Bisexual. Maybe. Maybe bisexual. Who knows? Who okay. Knows? Yeah. So from fucks, let's move on to our marries. Which leaves us. <laughs> Shingai, who will you marry? My, my marry. In keeping with this very diverse <laughs> point of view. I would marry twins, <laughs> Josh and Julia. <laughs> there are no rules here. There are no rules. Yeah, we, we'll just have some. Yeah, yeah. It's your birthday. Yeah. Love me some Jeremy Jordan. I mean, give me two of him. Yes, please. I mean, there was there's such a thing as sister wives. So why can't there be brother husbands and to just one wife? Why not? This is a big love situation. Happy birthday, Chingai. Thank you. you. Deserve it all. How all about right. you? You're welcome. My Mary would naturally be Michael Rady's character. Oh, yeah. From A New Year's Resolution. I married him then. I'll marry him again. And I could possibly marry him again in the future. He was just such a nice guy. And I felt like he, he was a nice balance of yes man, but also like good man, which is nice. And I, I love a good uncle. And he was a good one in this one too. So good job, Michael Rady. Michael Rady. my heart. A thousand times no. yes. <laughs> a thousand times yes. And with that, we want to say thanks to everyone who joined us on our second episode. Welcome back to us uh, this season of But Make It Hallmark. In case you haven't followed us on our socials, we're at But Make It Hallmark on Instagram and at Make It Hallmark on Twitter. Please follow us there. We love tweeting really dumb stuff about shows we're watching that probably aren't included here all the time. And we'd love to hear from you. So tell us your thoughts and feelings. Thank you, Chingai, for uh, joining me on the eve of your birthday. Sure. And thanks, everyone, for joining us. We'll see you guys next time on But Make It Hallmark. Bye!